Welcome to the You and Me podcast, the show where we dive deep into the beautiful world of weddings. I'm Laura, the founder of Wonderlust Creative, an international wedding planning and styling company servicing a global collective of loved up couples. And I'm Andy, the founder of The Bridal Journey, a source of inspiration for brides and Revealed, a wedding marketplace where brides can buy and sell pre-loved wedding items. In each episode of the You and Me podcast, we sit down with a real bride who openly shares their unique wedding planning journey. From the excitement of the proposal to the magical moments of her wedding day, we delve deep into the emotions, the challenges and the triumphs of planning a wedding. Join us as we celebrate love, offer practical advice and share the experiences of brides just like you. Prepare for heartfelt conversations and inspiring stories on the You and Me podcast. Welcome, Maddie Johnston, to the You and Me podcast. How are you? Thank you for joining us. I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? We are good. We were just talking about the beautiful sunny weather that we have both been experiencing, which is so nice after some pretty, well, maybe not for you over in WA, but we've had some pretty dreary few weeks. So it's been nice to have a bit of sunshine. But Maddie, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am 30 from Perth. I own a cake and wedding cake business, um, coincidentally. And I also do some investment management work. Um, so coming from like a food and background, I guess, um, I studied baking and, and cooking, um, and wine in France. So love entertaining dinner parties, lunches, um, any chance to spend some time in the kitchen really. Um, and we're also renovating at the moment. We've been renovating for two and a half years. So I've kind of taken on a side job, um, doing all the design and, and that sort of stuff, which is, which has been really fun. Um, and, and a journey. Well, firstly, we've got two podcast hosts that would love to be hosted by you if you're ever oh, willing. Absolutely. As soon as you're like Kate business, I was like, this is great. Secondly, because I we've done a blog post on the bridal journey and we've posted your amazing wedding photos that got so much engagement, hence why we're interviewing you today. I was showing Laura the photos from your wedding with the cakes on the stand. We can delve into that deeper, but she was actually... Being a wedding planner and stylist, mm. she sees a lot and she was like, oh my Delicious. God. Amazing. Anyway, we'll go into that later on. <laughs> yeah. But we went into like a whole rabbit hole about it. What it was you creative. It, it yeah, was it amazing. amazing. You did so well, Maddie. And this is the thing. It's also something that we just, you know, a lot of brides think that they can do some DIY elements and you know I don't think I've ever had a bride look at that kind of just for our listeners can you just explain very what we're talking about that was at your wedding oh so I think this is this is actually the most interesting part of the wedding um (laughs) because I every question like everyone was like congratulations on getting engaged and then it was like are you making your own cake and so I feel, felt like there was almost this pressure around like, okay, well, I'm going to have to, I don't want to make my own cake because I know how much time and effort goes into making mm. other people's wedding cakes. Um, so when, and I like, I like the idea of taking it home. Mm. Um, and I know that cakes are like, they're beautiful to look at. Not everyone eats them. Um, so I didn't want it to go to waste, but I, 
didn't want to do a cake in the end. I couldn't find a baker that would be able to do something that I loved or that was super different. Um, so then, yeah, I came up with this idea of kind of constructing or trying to find someone, which was actually super difficult, um, a pyramid that had all these little stairs. Um, and I think it was about it was 1.5 metres by 1.5 um, by 1.4 tall and ended up keeping it very plain throughout. So no one really knew what was what it was and it was just in the background. And then through dinner, um, they started putting the desserts on and stacking it up. Um, and yeah, we had sparklers go off when it went off. So I think we put 600, it fit 600 mini desserts. Um, and then I had another 600, which we boxed up. But yeah, I just thought it was something different. I, I, I had to have that element stand out. So yeah, it was amazing. Time and effort, but it definitely um, paid off. And I've actually had quite a few people inquire about it because I guess I, I, I own it now. So um, a few people have said for weddings next year that they're quite interested in going down that route. Oh, wow. That's cool. You found yourself a little niche there. Wedding pyramid, dessert. I don't know. Do you have a name for it? <laughs> it was it, for our listeners. Like it, I, I don't think talking about it does it justice. It was like this no, amazing yeah. sculptural dessert. Amazing. Every single little dessert looked incredible. It was absolutely insane. So we will be putting that on our Instagram anyway so people can have a look at it. Everyone kind of just stood around it and like was you know looking at it and was engaging and you know like trying this and it was a topic of conversation for sure yes so nice to have and we like Laura always talks about having little touches that are a little bit different at your wedding that is yeah as you said like a good talking point for people it's just something that like a bit of a wow factor type thing that you know you kind of go to a wedding and you're like oh that's different like I haven't seen that before so and obviously it's your like what you do for your job so it ties in perfectly too now we will ask you how did the proposal unfold let's dive into that yeah sure um I think this was February 22 um I was down south in our like wine region um actually for a wedding cake um and yeah I didn't know that it was going to happen my family had come down for the week and his family as well um and I feel feel like this is a common thing but it didn't go to his plan um it was meant to happen on a Sunday we were meant to go out to this lunch spot that we'd been to at a winery um previously and then he had plans for after but I just woke up and I was like not in the mood I was so exhausted from doing the wedding cake um and just said you know let's let's do it next week um and he was actually in a pretty bad mood for the next few days and I kind of didn't know why I was blaming the weather and all that sort of stuff (laughs) um but it got to the Thursday we were leaving the Friday and it was just like a magical afternoon evening so we decided to go to a friend's um property uh that's on this hill overlooking the ocean and we were just going to watch the sunset and champagne um and we were just like sitting there enjoying it um and he'd gotten up to go to the bathroom um came back super quiet I was facing away from him and he was on one knee um and 
he had he had like a I thought he was joking to be honest so I actually told him to get up and and, and stop joking around because he'd done it twice um in the previous like year but just like I definitely knew that those other occasions were jokes and I thought this was as well so so yeah he the box as well it wasn't like a normal small uh square box um because my ring is like a multi-stone um ring so like the three rings were sitting along each other so it's kind of like a long a long box and I just thought he'd gotten it from the car with like cufflinks in it and was joking and oh yeah just to backtrack a little bit I had we've been sitting there I had like some shorts on um that was super tight and like a long shirt and I'd taken them off because it was super uncomfortable no one could see us we were just um you know sitting there and I was like I'm so much more comfortable and he was like put your shorts back on I was like, no, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fine, I'm comfortable. And he kind of said it a few times, which is a bit like, hmm, you know, um, although I suspected nothing. So anyway, he was on one knee um, and, yeah, after I worked out he wasn't joking and I saw the ring, um, yeah, I said, of course I'm going to say yes. And, <laughs> yeah, we just had a, a beautiful evening sunset and then celebrated with family um, that evening and then the next day. So, yeah, no, it was it was magical. <laughs> oh, and so you you said that your family knew about it. Is that why they made the trip as well? I think so. Well, I had the wedding cake down there and we yeah, okay. like had a friend's place we were going to stay at. So then they came down. Um, Daniel's sister also has a property down there. So then his parents were coming down. So I just thought it was, you know. Good timing. Holiday down south, like sort of thing so it, it wasn't unusual because um we do do that quite a bit yeah yeah oh good so how quickly did you jump into the planning journey of your own wedding um after you became engaged and how for somebody who is within the industry how how did that transpire was it hard for you so it happened I think within two like within getting back and working out, okay, when are we going to get, when are we going to get married? Let's make it, you know, in a year's time, March is great. Um, so within kind of thinking about the time, I'd say within a week or two, I'd locked in my wedding planner. I think with the build up from COVID as well, there's was so much backlog that I kind of knew I had to jump on quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I had reached out to our wedding planner, Nina, um, She's actually kind of like, she's also a friend and I'd seen weddings she's done and I just knew it was going to be a really good fit. Um, and I, to be honest, throughout that next year, I probably called her 10,000 times. So it was just like, I can pick the phone up any point, any time of the day. Um, but yeah, coming from the industry, I kind of knew I needed to lock in some suppliers, especially on a busy weekend. And also mm. being in Perth, I feel like we don't have as many vendors that are exceptional mm-hmm. as you guys do you guys have got so many so within the first after locking in Nina um I would say like within that month I'd locked in videographer production florals photographer DJ and catering um oh. were the main ones <laughs> you did but I didn't well. find that like those yeah <laughs> I feel like those decisions of the 
big suppliers wasn't hard. Yeah. Um, we don't have as much competition here. So a lot of them were kind of no-brainers. Mm-hmm. Um, it was then going to be the, like the process of all those nitty-gritty details. Um, that was a lot more difficult. Which is, you know what, which is why you had Nina on board because they can be her difficult process <laughs> issues. <laughs> and then you can, being a creative and like people I don't think understand, it's you're an artist as a cake maker, as a baker. It's not, um, yeah, it's not just, you know, putting the... I, oh my god! I don't. I don't eat sweets. I don't bake. My poor children get nothing. So I don't even know. Like, is it Sara Lee? I don't even know if they exist anymore. But you don't just put something in the oven, you guys. It's an art form. So from a creative's point of view, how did you? How did you find that process for your own wedding? Were you as decisive and as confident in your creative process for what you wanted for your day, or not? Was it a lot harder? It was a lot harder. I hear that a lot, Maddie. I hear that a lot from creatives that it's like we are so concise and considered when we pitch ideas and have all our reasons. But when it comes to us, it's a lot hard for us to wrap our brain around what we want. Yeah, exactly. I feel like someone comes to you with a brief, you're like feeling what they want and you've also got ideas for them. But when it comes to me and myself, like making decisions. I just had too many ideas for everything, like different for florals. I I loved so many different themes Mm. almost and the same for um, like this, just like the whole look and the stationery and the tables. Mm -hmm. I feel like I found that really, really hard and I'm a very visual person. So not being able to sometimes see the flowers specifically and that sort of thing. It was it was challenging, mm. <laughs> but Nina definitely helped because I think when you come to them and they've got they know you, or she she knew me, which was I guess a big plus. But um, you kind of come to them and you you like I like this and I like this and I like this, and she was then able to come back with um, suggestions of what's going to work mm. well together because I guess mm-hmm. she's got that eye of putting all those things together, whereas. I mean, I love to throw, you know, dinner parties and little events where I'll do the table, but it's 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 completely different when it's your wedding and it's for a lifetime and it's you want it to be timeless and you want it to be classic, yet you need your own little touch and your own little spin. So mm. I think there was some things I just sat on for so long and I toot and throwed and just had to in the end then it was just like you've got to make a decision we don't have the time or like you know (laughs) kind of thing um but definitely she was very decisive and and I think she knew um what I had envisioned and she just kind of helped that kind of come to life and then so you found obviously it's a blessing isn't it Laura having a wedding planner and stylist involved (laughs) But were there any other, because you had the wedding at your parents' home, so talk us through any other challenges or tips and advice or things that you need to mention for people listening out there who perhaps are deciding to have it at a venue such as their parents' property or were there any challenges and how did you kind of navigate them? There are a lot of challenges when you have it at your own like venue. There's a lot of pros I guess, um, but there are 
it, there's a lot more to consider because it's not something that's got enough for toilets. I didn't even realize they needed a huge comes on a trailer generator. Um, the cool room's got to go, you know, the cool room's got to go somewhere. They've got to set up a whole blind kitchen and that's got to happen on your property. There has to be the space for all of that. Um, so that was like one thing in itself, try to work, trying to work it out. Um, and it kind of got to a feasibility stage at the start where it was like, I don't know if we're going to be able to, to feasibly do this for how many people we had. And how many was that, Maddie? The 200. 200. That's a lot for something at a house. And I suppose people think, oh, you just have it at a house, like they'll just work around my own kitchen in the house and it will all be good. But what's the reason for the generator? Is that for the kitchen, Laura? It's for power. So you What, like music, everything? everything. You can't just like plug in an extension cord You'll trip cord everything. <laughs> you would trip everything, no. <laughs> so it's a backup. It's, it's, the, it's power for the kitchen, right. for the cool rooms, for the lighting, for the entertainment. Um, yeah, you could never plug into house power mains at all. You would okay. trip the street probably. No, you wouldn't. But yeah, if anything goes wrong, then so you've you basically got nothing set, else. setting up whilst it's at a on a property. You are setting up a mini venue. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah you have to have everything that comes with it. Yeah. yeah. So the house is basically useless. It's just the grass. The beautiful grass <laughs> and, and the, the amazing outlook and the fact that you're not <laughs> restricted by venues. But yeah, like you said earlier, Maddie, what goes into what you don't realize goes into a, a property wedding like that to build it up is astronomical yeah exactly and also I think the bump in and bump out like because we were on in on in my parents house but we also spilled out onto um the lawn in front which is like a park so there's a lot that goes into that as well but having to then take up the park obviously get council approval and that sort of thing but um yeah we had to they had to bump in and out like over the weekend it had to be not Monday to Friday mm-hmm. so yeah with the open air structure having to work through the night and all these sort of things I just didn't really think about at the start mm. um oh yeah you know having it at your parents house it's going to be easy it's mm. it's at our own place it's not yeah. <laughs> um yeah. so I think yeah you just kind of have to realize that I mean if you can have it at a venue of your own do a hundred percent I think it's really special as well, um, but definitely be up for the fact that there'll there will be a few challenges. And Maddie, because it was at your family property, did you go into the process with a budget that was exceeded because of the location that you chose, or how did you go into how did you go into I mean choosing a space and the sentimental value of having it there is really beautiful and really important. I think you know it's easy to create a cookie cutter wedding at an event just based off what somebody else had, but at a venue, but to have it at your own home, it, it takes a lot more creatively and it takes a lot more generally budget-wise. So when you first were like, okay, we've decided on the our, our family home, how did you then navigate those additional costs like generators and cool rooms and, you know, $1,000 here and there if you're doing it 20 times can add up? It definitely does. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the whole budget thing, it was a bit of a – a concern um but I I think at the start I went to Nina and I was like okay so for 200 people in this kind of area what can I expect and 
she was like, well, it's kind of what you want to spend because we can make it happen for whatever your budget is. It's just going to be one level or the other or somewhere in between. Um, so, yeah, I think well, my dad and Daniel, their only rule was stick to the budget. Don't go <laughs> over. Um, that's hard. Which was, that's really yeah, tough. It was. <laughs> Tougher it was. than it sounds. Um but Nina had given at the very start a big financial like Excel spreadsheet and she had entered every fine detail down to like a bought cost, everything. So having that to start with, with all of her previous experience, um, so she kind of entered everything in, that helped massively because I'd given her a budget. She said, okay, well, let's aim that the photographer is going to cost this much and food and beverage let's aim for this um and then kind of through the process you'd get a quote you'd enter it in and it would have what you budgeted what it's realistically at and where you're sitting now so that definitely helped um Mm -hmm. the other thing that I thought was silly at the start but I'm so grateful he said this but he Daniel had just said that from experience or his friends um who have been married I think he said at the start, like, let's just try to spend 70%. Um, and I was like, oh, 80%, like, you know, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But let's spend 80% of what we've actually budgeted for because by the time you get around to it, there is going to be all those things that come in and there definitely was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of found that, found that a little bit hard because I was like, well, I'm only budgeting to spend 80% of what I wanted on flowers or or what I wanted on, you know, everything Mm. but through the process things started to yes add up there was extra costs extra costs um and then there's those things that you want to spend a little bit more money on Mm -hmm. um and you you know all of that sort of stuff and having also a backup plan for for weather um so by Mm. the time it got to the like the wedding we were like bang on what we actually um had budgeted which was great but then I didn't realize that then they sent some final invoices (laughs) um and there was you know a few extra hours here of staff and that sort of thing so it wasn't actually too bad um I think through the process the other thing that really helped but this was coming from a food and wine like background Mm -hmm. is asking for those detailed um quotes so not just getting a quote with one number like I wanted to understand okay I've got this quote what is what's what does that mean um so getting things like itemized and then kind of swapping things out because that's way too expensive for what it should be I know we can definitely do better um that yeah that definitely helped so yeah yeah, and this is that's it's the best tip I think. You know, you've got to understand that they weddings do cost a certain amount, um, and the way you do do a wedding changes what it will cost you, regardless if you have thirty or three hundred people. The way that you want, and it's a tiered approach, which Nina explained to you, which is exactly the perfect way to explain it you can achieve a wedding for this but you will need to compromise on this 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 and if you want to hit a certain level then you'll be able to get absolutely everything but you need to be aware that this is the level you're going to have to sit at and the transparency at the very beginning is the most important because 
there are little things that crop up along the way. And, you know, you you grow as a person in 12 months and your relationship grows in 12 months and your interests change in 12 months. You know, you don't set the bar on Jan the 1st. You're not the same person on the 31st of December that same year. So the, the, the ability to kind of have to flex within that process as well has to be there. And I suppose with with a venue at home, you do get the luxury of being able to pick and choose what you can flex on. Definitely. And did you have, you know, a lot of consideration is put into those big ticket vendors as well. Did you have any vendors that you had a really great experience working with, with Nina that kind of made the process really fun for you? Because I could imagine... I mean, going through it with my own couples, it can get really stressful when it is on family property. You want to make sure you keep your footprint down, you're respectful if they still live there. There's lots of other things that goes into just using the grass in front of their home. So, you know, did you have vendors that you worked with that made that experience really enjoyable for you? I have to say, I think I'm, well, I think I got lucky, but every single vendor I worked with was so incredible. Um, The person that was doing our production, so that was like all the structural stuff, the sound, the lighting, everything. I think he came over to my parents' house like eight or nine times, um, you know, when we were like mapping things out and like explaining it all. And then when I went for the cake tower, I went to him and he went and contacted I think he went through six different people to find mm-hmm. the person and he did all the 3d drawing so amazing. he was and his whole team were amazing um same like our, our florist as well was incredible um Aaron and Tara who were the photographers um as well like the photographer here just like went out of her way and came early and just like it felt super special. You feel like you're surrounded by people that like want to be there and want to be doing the wedding, not like, uh, you know, it's just a job kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I felt like that was quite special for the, especially in like the wedding industry. Um, not that I know of vendors, but I think when they want to be there and they're putting in this, the time and effort, it makes your experience so much better. Absolutely. Now you've touched on the 3D rendered Kate Tower. <laughs> we could not help ourselves. We have already spoken about it earlier, but can you can you ship and post? <laughs> so we're happy so, to taste test. Absolutely. So you mentioned earlier that you know you couldn't find a cake maker that was able to. It would be a hard task if I was a cake maker and you came to me and said, "Can you do my?" I would be nervous. It would be like I don't know if it's so. You have these expectations, and also because you know exactly what goes into it, you have high expectations of what you want. So doing the individual desserts, six. So are you telling us twelve hundred individual desserts were made by you and a team? <laughs> by oh, I did six. I did 600 myself. When? Um, when did so you I did have get time? like mum <laughs> and my aunties to come help um, okay. that. It was the day before. Oh, my God. The day before, girl. so I was baking. Was that a stressful day or do you find it relaxing? Like was that a nice thing to do? Yeah. 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 As long so as that would be like my worst time. That week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was I was fine. Um, and it's because I think I've done it 
that, you know, all the time. Mm. It came very naturally, but I did have um, a family team helping me fill tarts and measuring out ingredients while I was doing the baking. Mm. Um, And then for the other 600 that we got uh, from Daniel and I's like favourite patisseries around Perth, we also, the months leading up, would go and try all these, you know, different ones to see what we could, um, what our favourites were. So then there was another four different desserts. I think there was 10 in total, 10 different Um, because I just couldn't narrow it down. Sounds like a horrible thing you had to do, taste test at all different patisseries, like terrible. (laughs) What do you think your guests' favourite were there? Was there there one or two that came back consistently and the guests were just like, this was amazing? I do these little like lemon meringue tarts and then a salted caramel um, and chocolate tart Mm. and then triple chocolate brownies. They were all... Well really received. well received and then I think what else was well was well received was cheesecake um that we had done in two different flavors cut it up into little squares um right. that was well that was my favorite I think of the night um but there was like as well honey cake little cupcakes donuts there was a lot amazing (laughs) lots of well we'll put up photos to that and you also had some amazing touches such as your dress which was you could correct me if I'm wrong it was like a little short kind of jumpsuit look and then you had kind of the skirt over it so you kind of had it on and off during your wedding day I think it looks like perhaps during your ceremony did you just have the shorts on we got married in a church, so I definitely needed well, a long skirt. There was no shorts That here. is a very good – but <laughs> I, I've seen the photos of you getting into that amazing car, that vintage car at the – was that at the front of the church? Leaving? Yes. To go to – so did you just like strip off the skirt as you were like exiting the church? I kind of – we had a few, you know, you, you, after the ceremony you come out and you um, talking to everyone and congratulations and then we had a few little family photos um and then I yeah I took it off and made the the walk for the short walk for the car um it was actually quite funny because I decided I wanted the cars because my mum and dad got married in the same cars Mm. um so that was something I had my mindset on and then I was like well the skirt's not gonna fit in the front seat of this tiny car and I did as well when I had seen that dress with the the jumpsuit um some inspiration I'd seen a while ago I was like okay can I just like take it off and 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 do it that way yeah they were the best photos I think everyone loved them there's these like beautiful shots of Maddie kind of getting into the this vintage beautiful car and then you've got like a scarf around your um, hair with like these cool sunnies and you're just like exiting the venue looking absolutely like a Hollywood celebrity from 1970 or something or like that movie with Margot Robbie in it with um, Another Time in Hollywood. It's like such beautiful shots and then all your bridesmaids are in these like colourful, pastel kind of coloured I suppose, like yellows and pink I think there's like a green kind of these like mini dresses so they all look that all looks like really fun um but yeah you have to see this wedding it's when we put up our photos on our Instagram it's just so beautiful now do you have any wedding planning advice for soon-to-be couples 
Any wedding planning advice? Um, Definitely. (laughs) I think the thing I struggled with was the organisation or being not too like, I feel like the last month I felt super rushed with -hmm. a lot of decisions. Maybe it was because of the timing, but there are definitely a few things I could have gotten organised earlier. Um, And especially depending on where you, you live, but we had to get stationary and that sort of thing shipped to us um, and also some of the alcohol. Um, so it's just, for me, it was like I should have been ready earlier and like made some decisions earlier. Um, so if I had been a bit more organised before Christmas, I think that would have saved a lot of stress, like the week of and like the weeks before. Hindsight is a wonderful thing sometimes though. It, it, it is, it is. Um, and also I think you can get caught up um, and I know that I definitely did when you're, you know, you're scrolling on Instagram or social media and you're saving what you like and that to me I think is where I got a lot of ideas which is, which is great but then also where they sort of clashed before I found the clarity. Mm. Um, so I and, and all the decisions I ended up making were, ones that I probably would have made without seeing some of the the inspiration um so not getting caught up in you know in trying to have something that's not exactly you or that's not your style um so definitely try to have like a style and have all your fine details that match you guys as a couple and for me, I wanted to be able to look back on our wedding in however many years' time and still love, like, all of those details. Um, but, yeah, just keeping it to what you guys are. Well, Maddie, thank you so much for joining us on the You and Me podcast today. Thank you for making our mouths water with the talk of all your desserts. Congratulations as well to that. I hope that that kicks off a really cool little niche side hustle that you know is born out of individuality which I think is is really cool so congratulations best of luck with it congrats on getting married and um yeah thank you so much for joining us we wish you all the best oh thank you thanks for having me guys thanks buddy